You're listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang, founder of Moxie Club. When you're looking for lasting weight loss, join us here for the mindset you need, a dash of inspiration, and stories that will bring it all to life. Episode number 56. Well, hey there, Amy here. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Happy and Healthy Podcast. So I saw a really funny post on Facebook the other day, and it is a picture of two quakas, a mama and her baby. And in case you don't know what a quaka is, I actually had to look this up. <laughs> it is a short-tailed scrub wallaby. So wallabies are in the same you know, marsupial family as kangaroos. And the caption for this, this post read, feeling like a bad parent? Quakas toss their babies at predators so they can escape. Apparently, um, the female may drop her baby onto the ground when she's being pursued by a predator. And when the the joey, the baby, actually then makes noises, it can attract the predator's attention, which then allows the mom to escape. <laughs> so the next time you're experiencing any mommy guilt, I want you to think of these quackas. <laughs> And give yourself some grace. So at the time of this recording, Valentine's Day is coming up this Sunday. And I know with Valentine's Day, we have a lot of expectations, right? If you're in a relationship, you may have an agreement with your partner that this is just a commercial holiday and you're going to choose to do nothing, right? Still you may find yourself feeling a little disappointed if you don't even get, say, a card. And if you're single, you may actually be feeling sad and lonely right now. And especially with this pandemic, where our normal um, sources of connection, if you will, are much harder to come by, it totally makes sense because we have this human need for connection. That's an objective fact. Then if we add to the mix, this culture has an underlying value that equates happiness with being part of a couple. As if you can't be happy if you're single. Which, if you buy into this rule of you would be happier like if you were married with two kids and a dog, then how would you feel if you aren't? right? What are you making it mean about you? And for a lot of women, we would make it mean that somehow we're not attractive enough, right? Like we're an old maid, as opposed to men get to be the confirmed bachelor. Anyway, let's just take a look at this. Like, what if you don't buy into this idea? So instead, how would you feel if you believe True happiness comes from within because it does. And when you understand this, when you really know this, you realize 
that it's important to focus your energy on this kind of work, right? So if you're nodding your head right now, I want to double check something here. So understanding something intellectually, for example, if you're watching videos and reading books on how to swim, it's still fundamentally different from really knowing how to swim. Like if you were actually in a pool or in the ocean, you got to get in the water. Okay. So I want you to not just understand. I want you to know in your heart, in your bones, that happiness comes from within. Okay. So if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you probably know what I'm about to say, right? It's your thoughts and interpretations about a situation that are the cause of the feelings you have, right? This state of being. So today, in honor of Valentine's Day, I want to talk about what self-love really means. So let's start with something easy, okay? What does it mean to love? And here, I actually mean unconditional love. So if you're a mom listening to this, and mind you, I'm not excluding dads. I just know that most of the people listening are actually women. So you don't just understand unconditional love intellectually, right? You know it and you feel it in your bones. All you have to do is think about your child or your first child, for those of you who have more than one, as a newborn, right? When you look at him or her sleeping, how do you feel? Is your heart full? Right? Does the, just the thought make you smile? And what do you want for that child? And what would you do for that little human being, right? So Leo Tolstoy said it really, really well. When you love someone, you love the person as they are and not as you'd like them to be. And that doesn't mean you don't want your kid to grow up and be a productive, contributing member of society, but you're not going to love them any less, right, during that struggle as they're growing up before they become that. So... That's what I'm talking about when I say unconditional love. Actually, I have um, a friend of mine who's, his name is Ibrahim. He's from Jordan. And I don't know whether this is an expression from the Jordanian culture, but he said, my wife would tell our children, I loved you with my heart before I ever saw you with my eyes. That really captures it, right? The essence of unconditional love. So now I want to shift your focus from that child to yourself. Okay. Do you have that same feeling when you think about yourself? Or is it more a mix of guilt, shame, and self-doubt? If it's a good feeling, I'm I want to cheer you on, okay? But if it really is this mix of guilt, shame, or self-doubt, then I want you to really listen to this next part, right? And again, 
I am not limiting this to moms, but I do think it's heightened because as a mom, your identity actually shifted overnight. In a lot of cases, your identity, right, your name actually became mom, right? And this new role or identity, well, it can be quite overwhelming. So to the point where you wonder if your other identities even matter anymore. So this is a new concept that I'm introducing in this podcast, right? When we talk about identities, right? They are based on a system of beliefs and values, right? These drive us to interpret the world around us differently. What we pay attention to, what we ignore, what even registers, Just think about with the election, when you talk to liberals versus conservatives, what do they pay attention to, right? And how do they interpret it? So if you have experienced sexual assault, do you think of yourself as a victim or survivor? Same thing with cancer and other diseases, right? Are you a warrior or are you a survivor or are you a victim? In the world of fitness and wellness, do you think of yourself as the fat girl or a dieter or an emotional eater? Or do you think of yourself as a gym rat? In high school, were you a nerd, a jock, one of the popular kids, right? We use these labels as a shortcut, right? To help us predict and help us figure out where we fit in. And while you may find these labels troubling sometimes, right, these identities matter, right? They are a reflection of certain values and beliefs. And because humans, right, are social creatures, we're herd animals, we have this need to belong. And in many cases, this need actually supersedes our desire to be right. So easy example would be to look at the peer pressure teenagers go through, right, when it comes to smoking or trying drugs. And as a mom, well, we definitely have some competing priorities there too, right? So for example, if being a good mom means putting others' needs before your own, well, of course, in the beginning, your baby's very survival is completely dependent on you. But here's where it gets tricky. Think about the expression, self-care is selfish. We end up equating it with being selfish. So for some moms, though, this belief that your value only comes from doing things for others extends beyond the toddler years. And this is when it can really start to affect the quality of your life. You can wind up feeling really small or like there's no room for you, right? It's always about other people. And you could end up being like that relative who will say things like when a roll falls on the ground. Oh, I'll take that one. That's good enough for me. Right? It's really a version of martyrdom 
this sort of self-sacrifice as a way to gain sympathy or admiration. And by the way, if you don't get it, then resentment sets in, right? And then in today's world, we're told to pursue our dreams and to live life to our full potential. So if you're working outside the home, right, then we're set up to define success in completely different terms. So if being a good mom means putting others' needs before your own, and then at the same time you're told to pursue your dreams, do you see how these two are at odds? And do you see how when I put them side by side like this, you wind up feeling like you're not good enough, right? Where you have that mix of shame, guilt, and self-doubt. So how do we reconcile these? And this is where that identity comes in. This is where the person who loves herself right, is going to practice some TLC. So we're going to shift you from a state of scarcity of not feeling good enough to one of abundance. All right. So TLC stands for the learning cycle. And the learning cycle method consists of five steps. So the first thing is to become aware of the thoughts. That's step one. And then we need to shine a light on the thoughts so you can examine them. And that's step two. So what do I mean by this? Becoming aware of your thoughts. We have so many thoughts going through our head every day. Okay. And it's kind of like when you wake up from a dream, sometimes you can actually remember the dream, but then like 30 seconds later, you can't. What I want you to do when I say shine a light on it, I mean, literally write it down, jot it down so that you can actually examine it. Imagine putting that thought on a table so that you can really take a close look at it. All right. And then we need to challenge them. And what I really want you to do is to challenge the premise. So, for example, is it true that your value only comes from doing things for others? Really? Is that true? Okay, that's step three. And then I want you to reframe. So, how can you reframe the interpretation of this situation to serve you. Or if we put in another way, what would the person who truly loves herself say in this situation? And if you find yourself feeling stuck here, I want you to then think about someone who you know who truly loves you and is kind and compassionate and encouraging What would this person say to you in this situation to help you move forward? So how about instead of my value only comes from doing things for others, how about I deserve to feel good? And if that doesn't feel believable, how about this? I know that when I feel good, 
I show up differently. And I want to show up as the best version of me so that everyone gets to benefit from this. So that I can really be the best mom that I know how to be. Does that work for you? Okay, so that's step four. And then step five is to practice. So here I want you to understand the reason why I call it the learning cycle is that we are creating a feedback loop for your brain. Okay, so the outcome that we get from the actions that we take serve as evidence for your brain. So remember, the first thing is a thought. Actually, the first thing is the situation. And then we have a thought about it, right? From that comes an interpretation. From that interpretation comes a feeling. That feeling will lead to the options that you see available for you. And the choice that you make will be aligned with the feeling or the emotion that you had about it. And then the action you take will lead to an outcome. So if you look at it over and over again, you will see that our brain looks for congruence. It's looking for alignment between that thought, interpretation, emotion, action, and outcome. Because we have something called confirmation bias. Our brain is always looking for proof that its theory was right, okay? So when we reframed the situation, what we are trying to do is provide our brain with evidence that the outcome that we had lined up with this new thought that you had, this new interpretation, okay? So what ends up happening is we're creating this feedback loop. So you have a habit that informs your brain of what your identity is. And then your identity informs your brain of what habits, what actions you'll take. Okay, it's this spiral, if you will. So as you work on becoming the version of you that truly loves yourself, we are moving in that direction. So what you'll see is the small changes you make, the new habits that you have, right, end up moving you in a different direction as your identity shifts. So what we want to do is move from this place of not feeling good about our bodies, right, which really is a, a form of self-loathing to one of self-love. And actually... I want to share with you, I was watching a clip of the Drew Barrymore show, right? And it was titled, Go Fix Yourself. So in the description on YouTube, it says, Drew talks to an expert panel about what it means to actually love ourselves and the right way to put the work in. I'll include the link for this video in the show notes so you can watch for yourself. So I actually cringed at the title, Go Fix Yourself, because it really does imply that yourself is broken. And it really makes me want to reach out to the person who wrote it and have them go through my program, or at least listen to this podcast. <laughs> anyway, 
the expert panel actually featured Dr. Pooja Lakshman, who is a board-certified psychiatrist, and she talks about how women can redefine self-love and self-care. And here, there's a subtle but vitally important distinction that we need to make, okay? There is nothing wrong or broken with the self. It's actually just the thoughts that we have about it that we want to work on, okay? And I would say that we need to work on because they aren't serving us well if we're miserable no matter what we do. So again, I want you to remember happiness is a state and it comes from within you, okay? And self-love is ultimately about accepting you just the way you are. So if you're hearing Billy Joel, right, in the background, that's the song I want you to have on your playlist, right, on the soundtrack of your life. So if your current soundtrack, right, creates a mood that makes you want to eat a piece of cake or have a glass of wine after a hard day, then I want you to pause and ask yourself, what is the self-talk that's occurring? Because I'm pretty sure if it's about, I deserve a piece of cake or this glass of wine, I'm pretty sure that we're dealing with some negative self-talk, okay? And it's probably a negative feeling that you're not letting yourself process. And so you're turning to food or alcohol to feel better, right? And I talked about this in the last episode, processing our negative feelings. So if you're struggling with this, then I want you to please go and listen to that episode, okay? So when we talk about having that piece of cake or glass of wine, in this situation, I would say that we're really just looking for an excuse for self-indulgence. It's actually not self-care, right? It's not a form of self-love. So when I talk about self-care, I am not talking about the commercialized version where maybe it's about going on a spa day, right? Where you're posting pretty pictures on Instagram of pampering, right? And you're actually chasing likes. If that's your motivation, then I'm sorry to tell you that's not self-love either, right? That's actually your ego looking for acceptance and validation from others, right? So that's something to keep in mind the next time you're tempted to post on Instagram or Facebook about self-care. Because just like you create happiness from within, guess what? You really can't see self-love, right? It's the thoughts and feelings you have. All the actions are a reflection of it. All right? So then what is self-care or self-love? If it's I deserve to feel good, so I'm going to take a shower and change into a comfy shirt. I would say that's what self-love looks like, 
right? That's what self-care looks like. If I know that carving out me time helps me show up the way I want to, then creating me time to meditate or read a book or go for a run is a form of self-care. If saying no when you usually say yes means that you are spending time with the people that are most important to you or doing things that you really value, where you're respecting your boundaries, then that's a form of self-care, right? So for those of you who have heard me say, self-care is a form of self-love. I hope your understanding is now even deeper. So if you are looking for more self-love prompts, okay, I want you to go to my website and download the 30-day journal at moxie-club.com planner. So in it, there's a way for you to track your self-care habits. And there's also um, a daily quote that you can use and a place for you to actually capture like your three gratitudes for the day. Okay, so I'm going to wrap things up today with the following quote by Morgan Harper Nichols. Do your best while also remembering your worth is not attached to what you accomplish. You've been listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang. If you enjoyed today's episode, by all means, hit the subscribe button now. If you're ready to get started, visit my website, moxieclub.com. That's M-O-X-I-E hyphen C-L-U-B.com. And sign up for a free 20-minute coaching session with me. And remember, making your choices when you're in a state of abundance is where the magic happens.